Father, we do just love you and we bless you. And I thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word that never returns void. And that Holy Spirit, you're welcome here tonight. And we ask you to reveal the heart of our Father to us. Our inheritance, the greatness of you. Show us how to position ourselves to grow and develop and become and, and to walk out every single thing you have for us. So tonight we open up our heart and we open up our mind in the spirit of wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of God makes us of quick understanding. We step into a season of quick understanding. As the fear of God increases, quick understanding increases. That, Father, we honor your presence and we have a respect and a reverence for your word and we value your word and we value your ways. Make us of quick understanding, quick understanding when it comes to our families and quick understanding to our businesses and careers and our children, quick understanding to the kingdom, quick understanding. We have quick understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Say that with me. I have quick understanding. Well, before you're seated, if you would, turn around and just leave, give somebody a wave or a high five or something. Tell them you're glad that they're here. Quick understanding. Joseph, thank you so much for being faithful and a faithful man abounds with blessing. Amen. So if you're joining for your first time tonight, my name's Trey Johnson and I'm part of the body here, and it's always a privilege and honor to be a part of what God is doing. And uh, so I just appreciate Pastor Justin and Annette and Dr. Savell, Miss Carolyn, for the opportunity to share God's Word. Amen? Well, we've been talking about fighting the good fight of faith. How many of you have been growing through this series? You know, we just don't want to go through this series. We want to grow through this series. Amen? We don't want to have... Uh, you know, the remote control mentality whenever we come into the house of God and we read something or hear something and just think, okay, what's next? You know, we want to have our mind set on God's word that we are doers of the word of God. Say, I'm a doer of the word of God. I am a doer of the word of God. Say it, say it. I am a doer of the word of God. So I want to encourage you in the next little bit. Let's give it our best. Amen. God has already given us His best. You know that the Spirit of God is here. His Word never fails. What an opportunity we have to know our Heavenly Father more, to discover more about who we are and how to walk a life of victory. Amen. Go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. This has been our foundational text. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. He says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Eternal life didn't start just uh, when we get to heaven. Eternal life is going on right now. Amen. The, the moment we accepted Jesus, we, we, it brought us into a standing with our Heavenly Father, a right standing with our Heavenly Father. And now Paul instructs us, he says, now lay hold of that eternal life. Lay hold of the God kind of life. Lay hold of everything that God has given you and I. Say, lay hold. Lay hold. I'm going to lay hold. Look at your neighbor and say, lay hold. Lay hold, lay hold of eternal life. 
Now we see right here that part of fighting the good fight of faith is a good confession. So how have we been doing the past couple of days when it comes to our family, when it comes to our destiny, when it comes to our finances, our physical body? How have we been doing with our good confession? That Jesus is watching over his word to perform it. Has it been coming out of your mouth? Are we giving God something to work with? Good confession. Say a good confession. It's a good confession. God's word is always good. God's character is always good. God is always good. Say he's good. Ephesians chapter 6. Just to the left of where we're at. Fighting the good fight of faith. And I encourage you to go back and get caught up with this series. It is a life-changing series. Ephesians chapter 6, another foundational text that we've been uh, spending some time on the past several weeks. Verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now that is a that is a, a life changing truth right there, and we're not going to go over all of it tonight. We don't have enough time, right? Fight the good fight of faith. You know the devil wants you and I to be afraid of him. But he should be afraid of us. Something happened the day we made Jesus Christ our Lord and personal Savior. That we became a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old was gone and the new had come. See, whenever Jesus was on the earth, he defeated Satan by declaring the word of God. Showing you and I how we overcome on this earth by speaking God's word. We fight the good fight of faith and we overcome by speaking God's word. It is written. He defeated, Jesus defeated Satan at the cross. The Bible says that he was disarmed, he was stripped, made to nothing, zero, zilch. But one of the greatest victories is the day that Jesus rose from the dead and you and I had the opportunity to accept Jesus as our Lord and now the same spirit that defeated Satan is the same spirit that lives in you and I. So whenever Satan looks at you, he doesn't really look at you, he looks at Jesus. Because the same spirit that disarmed him, the same spirit that made him to nothing is the same spirit that's on the inside of you and I. 
So we should have no fear of the enemy. First John 3, 8, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy all the works of the devil. Every single one of them. He's made nothing. Say he's made nothing. You know, if he would have or could have taken you and I out, he would have already done it. I'm sure all of us could get up here and tell stories of all the, the opportunities that he had to take us out, but he didn't. Right? You probably might have some scars on your, on your physical body, and he had the opportunity to take you out, but he didn't. The wrecks, but he didn't. Say he didn't. You know, I, I, could, I don't even really know how many close calls and, and cars that he's tried to take me out with all the traveling and stuff. And, you know, I, I, you know I was just, some of them are just coming up in my mind today and I just got to laughing because he did not. He could not take me out. Thank God for praying mom and praying dad. Thank God for praying grandmas. Thank God somebody was praying. Now, if he kept me in my ignorance... It excites me to know that he's going to keep me even more now that I'm growing in my relationship with God. Now that I'm in some faith and now I'm understanding his mercy and his grace. He keeps me more now than he did when I was ignorant and he had a full time job keeping me before I knew Jesus. (laughs) I mean, I recall times of of, of being drugged by horses of being hung up to bulls of, of cars flipping and the list goes on and on, but he could not take me out and he can't take me out and he won't take me out. I will finish my race. We are going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to be everything God's called and created you to be. You are going to make it. Say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. He couldn't take me out. Say it. He couldn't take me out. He can't take me out. I'm going to make it. <laughs> Let's give the Lord praise right there. Amen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. For the weapons of our warfare, the weapons that we have to fight with are the armor of God and they are designed specifically for each and every one of us, and we are equipped to overcome, we are equipped to win, we are equipped to move forward. The weapons of our warfare, you have certain battles to fight that I don't necessarily have to fight because of what you're called and created to do, but regardless, we're all created to win. We are all equipped to win. Say, I win. And he goes on to say, are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So, you know, we read in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, and he kept telling us to stand against. Stand against. Stand against. Stand against. Stand against. Today and tomorrow when we get up, you know what the Word of God's going to say? Stand against. And the next day, whenever we get up, you know what's going to be echoing in our spirit, man? Stand against. This is not a suggestion. This is a command giving by our commanding officer. And he's saying, stand against. 
Stand against what? Stand against the stronghold. Stand against the thoughts. Stand against the feelings. Stand against the imaginations. Stand against the emotions. Stand against the curse. Stand against the lack. Stand against. Say stand against. Remember the word stand in the Greek is the word stenea and it paints the picture of the Roman soldier with their shoulders back, head up high, looking over the area they are called to with confidence because they know when they step on the battlefield, they win. Say, I win. Stand against. That doesn't mean mope around, suck your thumb, throw your sucker in the dirt. Wow, wow, wow. Woe is me. No, it means we are children of the most high God and we stand against. Stand against. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, casting down anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. He says, take every thought, every thought, say every thought. Do thoughts matter? Everything starts with a thought with us. Heather and I being married started with a thought. Being in the ministry started with a thought. This building started with a thought. You fulfilling your assignment started with a thought. You knowing God started with a thought. You walking in your deliverance started with a thought. You overcoming it started with a thought. You conquering it started with a thought. You living a victorious life it started with a with a thought. Now, if God starts everything with a thought, the enemy starts everything with a thought. Every person that has ever been in, been in any type of downfall, it started with a thought. That addiction has started with a thought. That fornication started with a thought. Adultery started with a thought. Pornication started with a thought. Everything started with a thought. Even the devil is so good at that. He sits up here on your shoulder, wherever he's at. Just, just picture this with me. Yeah, cartoon. Yeah, that is a cartoon right there on the shoulder, right? The angel and the little one. You know he isn't showing up in a red suit and a pitchfork and horns, though, right? What does he do? He begins to target our thinking. And that's why... The Apostle Paul tells us, okay, our weapons give us the ability to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Line it up with the knowledge of God. So how do I get the knowledge of God? Through the Word of God. If I'm not spending time in the Word of God, then I have no knowledge of God. So when I bring a thought, I don't have anything to line it up against. But the more I'm in the Word of God, I can grab every thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ. Remember the word obedience? It comes from the same word we get acoustic from, like the the sound around here, that we bring this thought and we make it listen to what Christ is saying. We make it listen to what the Word of God is saying. We make it listen to what the Almighty is saying. We don't listen to our thoughts. If we don't take our thoughts captive, our, our thoughts will take us captive. Say, my mind is my mind. My mind is my mind. I choose what I think. So we have the ability to pull down every imagination. We have the ability to bring every single thought in our life and line it up with the word of the living God. Now go back with me to Ephesians chapter 6. 
So I'm glad I came tonight. Ephesians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 13. Ephesians 6, verse 13, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Take it up. Take it, take it up. Put it on. If we can put it on, if we can take it up, we can set it down. If we can put it on, we can take it off. But he commands us to put it on. Say, put it on. Put it on. You have people that go through the motions of putting on the armor of God in the mornings, but why not us just keep it on? Even while we sleep. Have you ever had the enemy attack you while you're sleeping? So why not sleep in the armor? Might as well sleep in it, right? If it's created for us, well, he knows how to make it. He's a God of comfort. Say, put it on. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There it is again. We stand. What do we do? We stand. We, we stand. Tomorrow, what are we going to do? We're going to stand. And, and the next day, what are we going to do? Stand. We're going to stand. That's what we do. Not standing, wondering if we're going to win or not. Standing, knowing that we're going to win. We stand, right? Amen. Say stand. Stand. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. And I know that we've, we've touched on some of this. Hold your place there and go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. The belt of truth. And we know that the belt of truth refers to the word of God. Right, that the belt holds everything else together. That on the belt of truth, there's a a clip for the shield of faith to connect to. On the belt of truth, there's a a clip, a scalbert for the sword of the spirit to connect to. The belt of truth holds the the breastplate down. The belt of truth, uh, it covers from under the neck all the way down, covering the, the reproductive organs. The belt of truth holds everything else together, just like the Word of God holds us together. That's why he says, put it on or take it up. Why? Because if we don't on purpose put it on, it will eventually allow everything else to come loose. Just like when we don't take up the Word of God, the rest of our life comes apart. We're wondering, why is my life falling apart? Well, what have I done with the belt of truth? When I am staying with the belt of truth fastened in my life, the Word of God in every area, what, is, what does the belt do? It, it helps me, reveals to me how to have a strong faith. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God or the belt of truth, say the belt of truth, the belt. Is, the Word of God. is the Word of God. Now, now there's a difference between the Logos and the Rhema. The Logos is the written Word of God and the Rhema is the quickened Word of God. And the quickened Word of God or the sword of the Spirit comes from the written Word of God. So if I want to operate in more of a quickened Word of God, a revealed Word of God for my situation, it always goes back down to what is my relationship with the belt of truth. 
What am I doing with my belt of truth? Because if I have my belt on, there's a place for strong faith. If I have my belt on, that's where my peace is revealed. If I have my belt on, my breastplate is in place. If I have my belt on, it holds everything in place so I can place my helmet on securely. If I have my belt on, it keeps everything else together. But I've got to put it on. Say, put it on. On purpose, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday. Every day, put it on. Say, put it on. Put it on. Remember, you're able. Say, I'm able. I'm able to stand. What are you going to do? You're going to stand with your, your shoulders back, your head up high. Stand. Say, stand. Knowing we win. Say it. Knowing we win. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now notice this, that all scripture, because when I have the belt of truth on, it holds my breastplate in place. But notice he started with the belt. Why? Because in each and every one of our lives, peace starts with the Word of God. Faith starts with the Word of God. Helmet starts with the Word of God. The lances, our prayer life, praying for all the saints with all prayer and supplication, starts with the Word of God. Well, why the belt, it covered his reproductive organs. Why? Because he lets us know that that soldier, when he stepped out on the battlefield, he wanted to preserve his reproductive organs, just like the word of God. Reproduction always starts with the word of God. If we want to be productive, if we want to reproduce, it's always going to come back to the word of God, that the enemy can't stop my productivity. I don't care what the economy does. The devil can't stop the word. He can't stop you from producing. He can't stop you from reproducing. He can't stop you from giving harvest to the word of God. He cannot stop us. Why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And God has given us his armor that we are able to stand. Say, I'm able to stand. He says, now the word of God gives us instruction in righteousness. Remember, he says, okay, we're going to start with the belt of truth. And then the breastplate of righteousness. Well, the word reveals to us, the more we're in the word, the more revelation we have of our righteousness. Romans chapter one, verse 16 and 17. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Remember, he goes on to say, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For in what? In the word of God. Say, I'm not ashamed of God's word. I am not ashamed. For in it, righteousness is revealed. So we see how the, the belt of truth holds every, everything else together in our life. And it says right here, the word of God equips us. The word equip comes from a, a Greek word that means to completely furnish. Like in this time when they would completely furnish a ship or in, you know, fast forward a little bit, they would fully furnish a wagon to go in to new territory that every time we're in the word of God, it's fully equipping us. It's loading us with what we need to be who God has called and created us to be. It's revealing our righteousness. What is, what is righteousness? Simply you're right. Righteousness is you're right with God. 
that we have the ability to stand in the presence of God without a sense of fear, guilt, inferiority, shame. We're right. We're right. You're right. Say you're right. Say I'm right. Look at your neighbor. Say you're right. Right. Righteousness. 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 The breast plate of righteousness. Now the breastplate of righteousness, it was, it was defensive, but it was also offensive. The breastplate of righteousness, it had, it had, um, it had it on the front. It had it on the back. It was connected by brass rings right here. Go with me to second Corinthians six. Hold your place there. Well, no hope. Are you still holding Ephesians six? All right. Let's go to second Corinthians six, seven. We'll get back to Ephesians six. Possibly. You're believing God with me, right? Amen. We're expecting the perfect will of God. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. When you're there, say amen. amen. Now, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7, it says, By the word of truth and by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. We have the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. We have it in the front. We have it on the back. We have it on the right. We have it on the left. We are right no matter what the enemy says, no matter what the circumstances say. You are right in Christ Jesus. You're right. Say, I'm right. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll just up the page there. They're neighbors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to read it again. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, say for me, that we might become the righteousness of God in him, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are made righteous. He took our sin And gave us his righteousness. We didn't earn righteousness. We received righteousness. Go with me to Romans 5. Just to the left. Say I'm righteous. righteous. Say I'm right. Now one of the purposes for the armor. Is that when the enemy comes with his flaming arrows. Remember he said that we have the ability to quench all the the flaming arrows. The fiery darts. Now during that time and age. There were three different darts that they were looking at. And one dart looked like just a bow and arrow that they would just shoot, you know, and this, oh yeah, no big deal. Yeah, or do a little bit of effect, no big deal. The other one, they would, they would dip it in tar and they'd light it. And you could see it coming and they would watch it and yeah, it would take out the hut and everything else. But then the, the fiery dart that he's talking about is that it looked just like a normal arrow, but inside the shaft, it had combustible fluid on the inside of it. So even though it looked like it was no big deal, when it hit, boom! It was the bomb of the day. And it says you and I have the ability to, to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Not just some of them, but all of them. And that's what the breastplate does. It is defensive. I can move forward being who God has called me to be and is protecting my heart. When the, the fiery dart comes, not only do I have my helmet on, but it has my breastplate of righteousness on. It's going to ricochet off of me and I'm going to keep moving forward knowing that you're right. And the arrow, when he, when, he, when he begins to tell you that you're no good, when he begins to tell you that you're sorry, when he begins to tell you that you're not worthy, when he begins to tell you that you're a loser, 
You know, if you're beating yourself up and you have a little, you know, a little hammer that you're just kind of beating yourself up with. He'll say, here you go. Here, use mine. He'll take a little one, give you a big one. Just wanting to beat the crud out of yourself. Condemnation, guilt, shame. That's a flaming arrow. Why? Because he wants to ignite our emotions. He wants to ignite the way we feel. Well, I just feel so strongly about this. Just because you feel strongly still doesn't make it right. We have the ability to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We have the ability to stand. We have the ability to conquer. We have the ability to stand strong in the midst of the battle We have the ability to know that we're right. We can approach God. When you know that you're right, you think different. When you know that you are in right standing with God. Now, it's not your rightness, it's His rightness. Say, He's right. right. Now, He gave us His righteousness. He said He took our sin, gave us His righteousness. Now, you're right. Now, there's a reason why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added unto us. Because the more we seek the king and his way of doing things, the more is revealed to us of our rights. And when we know our rights, we're not going to allow certain things to happen. Because we're right. We're right with God. We're right. Say, I'm right. right. So when the enemy comes with the flaming arrows... You pull down those thoughts. You cast down those arguments. You pull down those imaginations. Because remember, you have the armor of God on. You're standing. You're going forward. You're making a difference. You have your belt on. You know you're right. When you know that you're right, condemnation can't stay. When you know that you're right, the guilt can't stay. When you know that you're righteous, the fear can't stay. When you know that you're righteous, you know you're confident, you're bold. When you know that you're right, your your approach to life is totally different. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, you're right on the inside. The devil will say you're not right, but Jesus says you're right. Who are you going to believe? You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come, and the new you is right. Right with God. Regardless of what anybody else said, you're right with God. See, when you know that you're righteous, you approach things differently. Go with me to Acts chapter 3. When we know that we are the righteousness of God, when our breastplate is on, when our belt of truth is on, we know that we have something to offer. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Now Peter and John went up together at the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. One guy said he is begging for alms and got legs. (laughs) I thought that was funny. Now, now picture this, the, the gate beautiful. What would happen right here is this was a beautiful uh, building. And so they would lay this man every day outside the gate beautiful. Say beautiful. beautiful. But they made everybody be real quiet. Because if they were loud, 
they were being irreverent. But the architecture was beautiful. The temple was beautiful. But the beautiful building did not supply any power. The beautiful building didn't produce a miracle on the inside of the man. Just like 2 Timothy 3 says, they had a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. Religion can be like the beautiful building that all these needs are around the beautiful building, but there's no power to raise them up. But when you know that you're righteous, you have a different walk. You have a different talk. You have a different approach. You don't take no for an answer. You don't back off because arrows are flying. You come standing. You come focused. You come ready. You approach things differently. Verse three, who's seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John. Peter said, look at us. See, when you're righteous, you, you, there's a confidence in you. You, you listen here. You look right here. Verse six. And Peter said, silver and gold. I do not have verse five. Apologize. He gave, gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And there were filled with wonder and amazement, with wonder and amazement. They were marveling (laughs) at amazement at what happened to him. See, when you know you're righteous, what does that look like? Whenever you walk into your office place and you know that you're in right standing with God. That's not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not cocky, but it's confident. It's confident in the God that you know. It's confident that your past is the past and you are right with Almighty God. How do you think, picture this with me. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to picture when you know you're right, you've been forgiven, you've Receive forgiveness and you know you're the righteousness of God. How does a person that's right with God think? How does a person that knows that they're right with God believe? Remember, remember, there's no sense of fear. There's no doubt. There's no unbelief because you know you're right. How does a person in right standing with God talk? Remember, you're right. And you're seeking first the right one. And because, look up here at me now, you're seeking first the right one. And because you're seeking first the right one, now his rightness is affecting the way you think and the way you believe and the way you talk. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Did I even read this one all ago? Not yet. Saving it for the right time. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned 
through the one, much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. The gift of righteousness will reign, not might reign, will reign. When we receive, when we take, when we lay hold of abundance of grace and receive the gift of righteousness, we reign. The word reign means power, authority, dominion. We will reign in life, not in whenever we get to heaven, in life. Because of righteousness, the greater our understanding of righteousness, the more faith we walk in. Because when we know that we're in right standing with God, our faith is plugged in. When we know that we're forgiven, our faith is plugged in. When we know we can approach our Heavenly Father with confidence and boldness, our faith is plugged in. We are righteous. We're not trying to get righteous. We're not praying to get righteous. We are righteous. We're right. You have a right mind. You have a right heart. You have a right mouth. You are right. You're set on the right course. You're at the right place at the right time because you're in Him. You're right. Say, I'm right. I'm right. That breastplate of righteousness not only defends the arrows, but picture this. It was made up of these scales. And the more that they wore them, the more movement there was, the brighter that they became. So when they were on the mountain or they were in the pasture, they were going to take the land. When the sun would hit their breastplate, it would glow. It would shine. When you walk into that dark office, you should shine. Why? Because your righteousness, your breastplate is intact. You know who you are. You know where you're going. You are right. Shining light that's very bright in a dark world. You're right. Say, I'm right. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. James chapter 5 verse 16. When we realize we are the righteousness of God, we're confident. When we realize we are the righteousness of God, we're bold. When we realize we are, say I am, the righteousness of God. See, the reality of righteousness gets results. The reality of righteousness gets results. James chapter 5 verse 16 in the Amplified, it says, Confess to one another, therefore your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I want to read that part again. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman that has their armor on. They know they're right. Say, I'm right. They know they're righteous. Say, I'm righteous. Makes tremendous power available and dynamic in its working. Dynamic in its working. Dynamic in its working. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Nope, nope. Let's wait, wait for a second. Go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Say, I am righteous. I'm going to read verse 13 and 14 again. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on, put on the breastplate of righteousness. Say, put on. Put on. Why are we putting on the breastplate of righteousness? Why are we girding up our loins with the belt of truth? So we are able to withstand 
Stand against, resist every thought, every temptation, every argument, every stronghold, every arrow that comes our way. We are not just a weak force. We are a resistant force. We are a strong force. We are a powerful force. We are in Christ. He is in us. We have what it takes to overcome in every area of life. But what, what do we do if we mess up? We're sitting here, we know we're righteous, and then we, we don't use our armor. We put our armor aside. We take off our belt. We take off our helmet. What do we do then with there's no protection? What's happening? The devil, Diabolo, Diablo, is continually penetrating with those thoughts. Remember, everything starts with the thought. And he starts taking you back to the old you. And remember what it was like when you smoked this and snorted this and drank this. And remember this feel. And remember what you did. And remember you lost your temper. I mean, he will sit there and beat you up and he's the one that brought the thought in the first place. First John 1, 9. Have you heard this one before? Let's look at this one. First John 1, 9. If... We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What do we do if we mess up? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, either the word is true or the word is not true. The Bible is true or it's not true. There has to come a time in each and every one of our lives that I'm going to make a decision regardless of how I feel. I'm going to choose God's word. Regardless of the mistakes I've made, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. I'm going to receive forgiveness. And I'm going to realize again that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to stick my helmet back on. And I'm going to put my breastplate back on. And I'm going to put my belt of truth back on. And I'm going to pick up my shield again and my sword again and my lances again. And I'm going to realize that I am able to stand shoulders back, head up high. And yes, that happened yesterday, but today is the new day and I'm able to stand. And when the thought comes, you resist it. When the thought comes, get God's word on forgiveness. Get God's word on condemnation. Get God's word on guilt. And so when he fires his word, you fire your word. So it's just like you you quench that fiery dart and you send some your own and you take him out. 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, verse 34. Notice this, he says, awake to righteousness and do not sin. Awake to righteousness. There has to come a time in our life that we're more focused on our right standing with God than we are our sin. Because whatever we focus on expands. That if I focus on what I can't do and I focus on the addiction or I focus on the sin or I focus on the past, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the blood seems littler, littler, and littler. You say that ten times real fast. Littler, 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 littler. Whatever we focus on, it expands. (laughs) Whatever we 
focus on the power of the blood, the power of the blood becomes more of a reality to us. When we focus on the power of the name of Jesus, that power becomes greater to us. When we focus on our right standing with God, we awake to righteousness and we do not sin. But most of the time we spend our efforts focusing on the sin, which the word says sin empowers the flesh to rebel. And now we're wondering why we keep sinning. I don't want to sin. I don't want to sin. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to change your focus. Man, when the arrow comes, talk back. Notice what he says. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. I speak what to your shame? I speak righteousness to your shame. I speak righteousness. How does a righteous person speak when shame shows up? How does a righteous person talk when guilt shows up? How does a righteous person talk when condemnation shows up? I speak this to your shame. Therefore, there is now no more condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How does righteousness speak to the shame? I've asked for forgiveness. I receive my forgiveness and I'm restored in my right standing with Excuse me. <laughs> my right standing with God. I speak this to your shame. When the sense of disgrace, the sense of shame, the sense of guilt, I speak this to the shame. As far as the east is from the west, you separated my sin from me. I speak this to the shame of going through this and going through that and going through this struggle and going through that. I speak this to the shame. What are you saying to your shame? What are you saying to the guilt? What are you saying to the unforgiveness? What are you saying to the bitterness? Speak this to your shame. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. My God supplies all of my needs according to his riches and glory. What do you speak to the shame of not being able to pay your bills? Righteousness says what the word says. What do you say when you feel the shame of not receiving your healing after 15 years? Righteousness speaks to the shame. Speak to the shame. Speak to the doubt. Speak to the unbelief. Righteousness speaks. When you're in right standing, you're not spewing one thing and spewing another. Righteousness says what righteous people think, what righteous people believe, what righteous people say. Righteous people speak right because we are right. Righteous people think right because we are right. But it's a daily process. Speak this to your shame. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We're in right standing with God. And think if I'm operating in my breastplate and it's shining... And then Heather joins me and Joseph joins me and you join me. And we all are lined up and we begin to possess the land. 
think of the bright light. That's going to be the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. It doesn't matter how dark the world is. We've been using our breastplate. We understand what our breastplate is for. Our belt is for. Our helmet is for. Now we possess the land on purpose because that is all we think. That's all we believe. That's all we say because we're right. So we think different, believe different, talk different, expect different, live different. Why? Because we're right. We're righteous in him. Now don't take that home to your spouse. Baby, didn't you hear him? I'm right. I'm giving it short for righteous in him. We're righteous in him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I I, want to, I want to speak right words. Father, as a family of believers, we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask that as, as each and every one of us go home, that we pause for a moment and we see ourselves like you see us. And you see us right. You see us through the blood of Jesus. You see us as overcomers. You see us as healed. You see us as blessed. You see us as victorious. You see us as winners in life. You see us righteous in Christ. When you look at us, you see Jesus. Father, tonight is a night that our prayer lives change because when we're righteous, we pray different. When we understand we're righteous, we approach you different. Whenever we understand we're righteous, we go to work different. We drive different. We talk different. We think different. I speak this to shame in the name of Jesus. Shame, you be gone. The word of God says that we are forgiven. The word of God says we are righteous. The word of God says we are healed. The word of God says we are blessed. The word of God says we are victorious. The word of God says we are overcomers. The word of God God says it is written. We speak this to any shame. Now, Father, we just believe we take this word tonight that it grows, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation, even while we sleep, you're talking to us. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. Can we give the Lord praise? Joseph, go ahead and come on up. Now, somebody, you came in tonight, and maybe you're watching online, but your left elbow was hurting you, and now, now it's not. Who, who is that? Or whoever that is online, let us know. We want to celebrate with you. We want to worship God with you. Uh, that's a natural thing in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Joseph, go ahead and come on up here. God bless you guys. Thank you all for having us tonight.